You are listening to the Health Practitioner Podcast, episode number two, with Terry Mills, President of National Nursing Network Organization. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Health Practitioner Podcast, where we discuss integrative and holistic health and wellness practices and the business of wellness. I am your host, Dr. Johnetta Minor, NP, and my guest today is Terry Mills, and president who is an RN nurse practitioner and a certified nurse educator. She is the president of the National Nursing Network Organization. Hello, Terry, and welcome. Hello, Johnetta. Thank you so much for having me on today. It's a pleasure, and we're going to talk today about something that is dear and near to my heart, and that is the health of the public. Yes. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about you. I know you're a nurse educator, and you've been a nurse educator for 38 years, and a nurse practitioner for 29 years, and an RN for 41 years. Yes. So I'm a longtime nurse, and um, I definitely, too, have a passion for um, helping to keep the public well. Uh, I'm a longtime nurse educator, and what I'm trying to do is teach the next generation the importance of being politically active and taking caring from the bedside all the way to Capitol Hill, where critical decisions are being made that affect the way that we care for patients and their and everybody's health in our country. Wonderful. Now, within this, uh, as the president of the National Nursing Network organization, you've been there for 10 years in that right. role. Yeah. Now, what is the mission of the National Nurse Network organization? So our mission is really to promote about projects um, for wellness and health promotion. But the reason that the organization actually formed is because we have legislation currently in Congress to designate a current position, that of the chief nurse officer of the public health service, to be additionally known as the National Nurse for Public Health. Because we really believe it's time that nurses have a visible, prominent nurse leader for health promotion and disease prevention. So that's um, a little bit about our organization. And your listeners can certainly look at the website, nationalnurse.org, and read about us on the About Us link. Yes, yes, absolutely. Now, excuse me, we were talking about uh, your background as a nurse educator and as a nurse practitioner and your role in the National Nursing Network organization. Now, tell us, uh, can we just get a little glimpse about the other side of you as to what you do holistically? What type of self-care do you engage in? Uh, as a member of the public, uh, we as nurses also need to practice some form of self-care. Right. Well, I think that it's it's the basic things that we would want any patient to do that I try to adhere to. And um, I have two grown sons, and um, some of the things that we practice in our houses, um, we really eat very balanced meals. Um, I do a lot of the cooking. We rarely go out. Um, we drink, try to drink a lot of water. I exercise every day. In fact, my husband's out exercising now. Um, Wonderful. So, 
We really try to do the basics, and I've been really proud of our family because none of us have ever smoked or used any tobacco product. And I think those are some of the keys. The other thing that's so important and that we're hearing sadly about is the increased rate of suicide. And I think the other thing that we really try to do as a family is we stay connected, we check in with each other, we try to sit down um, for meals together whenever it's possible. Um, because it's just really important that each of us have a connection and support. Now, you mentioned one thing, Terry, and that was in reference to smoking, mm-hmm. which brings to mind uh, the chief nurse officer's position. Right. And there was some time ago, uh, I know in, my, in the days of my public health, during my residency, as a matter of fact, in public health, and there was, I don't remember if it was a bill or how they addressed it, but there was something around smoking. Yes, yes. Um, when uh, C. Everett Coop was Surgeon General, which was a little while ago, but of course he still is living, and about 50 years ago, um, they did, the Office of the Surgeon General recognized the lethal effect of tobacco and they did an all-out campaign. It was on media, television. Um, it was at the time when television was transitioning from black and white to color, um, radio announcements, print, um, and, of course, um, local interventions um, at community health centers, really urging the public to quit smoking. And I remember as a young child um, at the time, my parents and my aunt and uncle were all very heavy smokers. And my twin sister, younger sister, and cousins, we decided that we didn't want to be orphans. So we um, communicated by writing little notes to them, you know, and and putting the cross over the skeleton. And um, actually, by the end of the summer, all four of them had quit smoking. Um, (laughs) And Stuart Coop, really, when he presided as Surgeon General, that was the largest decrease in tobacco use over a 10-year history. And we are making great strides with tobacco cessation in this country, but we can do better. So um, we're, you know, that's one of the goals, of course, um, of the U.S. Um, Public Health Service Nursing Strategic Plan, as well as the Office of the Surgeon General, is to continue on that path of tobacco cessation. Yes, and and in terms of the Surgeon General now and our Chief Nurse Officer. Um, Tell us, what about the history? Now, the chief nurse officers started out, I remember uh, Lucille Petri Leone. Yes. Uh, back in uh, probably about 19, in the 1960s, 1964, 1966, somewhere along in there. Mm-hmm. And, and now we have another chief nurse officer. And the chief nurse officer's position started within the Surgeon General's office. She was under in the, within the Surgeon General office. Correct. Yes. Now, is she still in the Surgeon General office? And this is Rear Admiral uh, Trent Adams, right. who's in that position right, right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Rear Admiral Sylvia Trent Adams is the current Chief Nurse Officer, and she um, was just um, promoted to that position in January. In fact, two members of the National Nursing Network organization were actually guests at her um, cha- at the change of command, her promotion ceremony 
in Washington. And the position is definitely within the office of the Surgeon General. The chief nurse officer has a lot of responsibilities. Um, One of those is to oversee the um, Public Health Service Commission Corps of Nurses, and that's the largest branch within the Commission Corps is nursing. Um, What we are trying to do in this legislation is not to cause any harm at all to that position. We would never want to do that. What we're trying to do is protect the position as much as possible, which is um, evident within the bill language. Right now, though, it's a part-time position, and the position is it serves part-time in the Office of Surgeon General as the chief nurse, and then part-time from the branch of the HHS from where the position derived from. So currently, Rear Admiral Trent Adams, uh, she does part-time work in HRSA with HIV and AIDS, and then part-time within um, the Office of the Surgeon General. We think it's just so important that we have a full-time leader for public health. Um, The nomination instructions are not Political, we do not want to politicize the position at all. So the nomination instructions for how the chief nurse is chosen is retained in the bill language as well. So everything about the position will pretty much remain the same except for four, four points, which is making it full time, making the position ranked in parity with the uniform members who serve on the Federal Nurse Council, which is the Army, the Navy, and the Air Force. Um, Rear Admiral Trent Adams comes from the Navy, and we would like her to be ranked in parity with the other uniform members. And then the third thing that it does is it designates it with a unique title, which is really what's driving this bill forward, because everybody loves the idea of having a national nurse for public health, a visible nurse leader. And then the fourth thing that it does is that it we are asking that um, Rear Admiral Trent Adams really worked to engage others, nurses, health professionals in promoting wellness and prevention, really working to replicate those successful health promotion programs. So that's so this actually goes back to your mission, does it not? Yes. The mission of yes. to promote and encourage and support the uh, public health. Exactly. You know, the health of the public. Right. You know, and then promote wellness and disease prevention as well within there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, she will remain in this dual role of working uh, within uh, HIV and AIDS? No. Correct? So, so what would happen is if the legislation passed, then um, she would move over and be full-time within the Office of the Surgeon General. It would become a full-time position. Mm-hmm. Now, and how would this, well, what does this how does the I'm trying to phrase the question how does the National Nurse Act benefit our listeners so especially if a lot of your listeners are healthcare providers and nurses we want nurses to remember that the cornerstone of every nurse's practice is health promotion and disease prevention and this burden of chronic preventable conditions is really what's bankrupting the entire country's healthcare dollars. Um, we spend about $1.3 trillion a year caring for the seven most common chronic preventable conditions. And if we could get a better handle on those, 
you know, we would, it would make our work easier as nurses. But also it, it would be wonderful to have more visibility, especially for a public health nurse, because we really want the public to be aware of that important role of public health nursing. And so by putting somebody forward, it would not only help educate the country, but it would help educate Congress so that when public health nurses are going to Congress, asking them for, you know, money to help promote their programs, they'll have a better idea about what we do. So I think it's a win-win for everybody. And, and this sounds too, does it not, Terry? Does this sound, um, it fits right in with the Institute of Medicine mm-hmm. with and their the- recommendations for the future of nursing? Yes. Correct. Uh-huh. Now, now, what prompted you to start this journey? Oh, that is a good question. <laughs> so I had um, participated in a presidential campaign and actually coordinated the national, um, the campaign on a national level for the nurses that were involved with this campaign and had kind of floated the idea for a national nurse, but didn't really have any idea about what this would entail. Um, during the campaign, and that candidate lost, but I was really encouraged to take the idea forward. So I decided about 10 years ago to write something, write an op-ed for Nurses Week, calling for a national nurse, you know, saying that really it's the nurse who spends the most time with the patient. You know, we're the ones who teach new moms how to take care of their babies, and we're the ones that the public trusts. And it would be wonderful to have a national nurse. And the idea just instantly took off. It was published in the New York Times. Unfortunately, there were some edits that were done to the article, and I agreed to them, um, not really even knowing how big this would become. Um, One of those edits called for dethroning the Surgeon General and appointing the national nurse, which I That was never in my original article, and I did apologize to the Surgeon General, and he he just laughed, but, um, you know, it it was kind of hurtful. But I had no idea that it was going to take off like it did. And so that's how the idea got started. Great, great. Now, I want to remind our audience that you're listening to the Health Practitioner Podcast, and my guest today is Terry Mills, who is the president of the National uh, Network, National Nursing Network Organization. That's the National Nursing Network Organization. Now, Terry, um, it's very good to hear all of this information, and I'm sure there are many nurses who do not know about uh, the United States Public Health Service and uh, the Rear Admiral as our uh, chief nursing officer. Uh, now, what is the status of this legislation today? Um, this legislation was actually introduced by Congresswoman Eddie Bernice Johnson who is the first nurse who was elected to Congress. So we're really proud to have her be the lead. And it's co-led by Peter King, a Republican from New York. So it does have strong bipartisan support leadership. And the bill now has 98 co-sponsors on the House side. And on the Senate side, Senator Jeff Merkley, who is the co-chair of the Senate Nursing Caucus, introduced the companion bill. 
And currently, the bill um, is supported by over 143 endorsers that include many organizations, some individuals, prominent individuals, but also was um, is supported by five state legislatures who have overwhelmingly passed resolutions urging Congress to enact this legislation. One of those is um, New York, where you live. Ah, okay. So that's the status. We are traveling to Washington, D.C. next month in September to garner more support. Um, We feel confident that this bill will be reintroduced into the next um, Congress. Um, What we'd really like to do, though, is because it is such a unifying issue, is we really want to be working with all nurses and all nursing organizations um, together to um, support this legislation. So how can the listeners uh, become involved? And how can other individuals become involved and support your efforts? We'd love to have you visit nationalnurse.org, and there is a contact form. You can write to me. Uh, My email, though, is terry, T-E-R-I, at nationalnurse.org. And we answer every email, every phone call. We have templates for letters that um, can be used to write to your U.S. representative and senators. Um, we love to help nursing students. Graduate students have contacted us. Um, they've taken this on as a class project um, during their leadership courses and also courses in public health. Um, we're here to help. And um, like you and I talked yesterday We also know that there are so many important nursing issues out there. And so if this isn't your priority, but you have another priority, we can link you in um, with um, other organizations who can help you. And you can certainly take the take action letter and template and, um, you know, just go feel free to alter it so that, that it would fit your needs because it is so important that we all be active. Thank you, Terry. It's been a pleasure to have you with us today. And I want to remind everyone that you are listening to the Health Practitioner Podcast at LifestyleWellness.com, where practitioners are holistic, they are engaged, they are authentic leaders. You can find all of Terry's contact information um, at the website. It's going to be listed, and she has mentioned some of that already. And I am your host, Johnetta Minor, NP on call, and you can find me at lifestylewellnessnetwork.com. Until next time, take care and be well.